So <clears throat> we're working through our vision series. This is kind of where we're going, who we are as a church, what it's about. We've talked about, you know, um, we're a community that's united to show that God is with us, making all things right. We, we talked about that, that Jesus is Lord, that he has the authority to tell you how to live. Jesus has authority, not the church, not anybody else. Jesus has that authority, and that's what Jesus' Lord means. We're united around showing that God is with us. Making all things right, we talked about uh, promise grants and giving, and we just celebrated that, and that's something that we do. We participate in. We, we do good in the face of evil. We press into it, and we say, yes, this is what we do. Um, we've talked about um, God making all things right and, and, uh, and, and last week, um, just mind blank for a second, um, so, so we're talking about God making all things right in our, um, in our life through God molding us, and, uh, and, and he is molding us. It's his action doing great work. We're going to have a discussion on all that next week again, which is just going to be really great uh, in our forum Sundays, but today we're talking about God, God making all things right in our communication. So we're going to do a couple things today. We're going to talk about family communication. We're going to talk about church family communication and our communication with God. And it's all going to come together in a neat little package. Um, so I pray. So once again, I found myself saying, that's not what I meant to say. Anybody else been there? Once again, the words in my head were trying to mean one thing, but the words coming out of my mouth somehow did not communicate what I was hoping to land. It didn't, it didn't come through clearly. It especially happens with the children. You know, I've got these beautiful kids and talking to the kids and just be like, and this is what I say, and they're like, uh, so you mean like literally? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a figure of speech. That did not come out the way I'm, stop hitting me. Um, as the children get older, I've, I have to be more intentional with my communication. I mean, it doesn't help that my own speech, I have some fun with it, right, by mistake. I, it doesn't help that I call a fry pan a pot, and a pot I call a pan. It doesn't help that I consistently forget the word for nouns, and I just start using the wrong noun in a sentence. And my children get a little confused. Um, Proper word order doesn't always happen right. Um, it might not help that my children, they pay attention to me and try to do precisely what I requested because they're awesome kids. And it's just sometimes what I'm trying to say at home has a different m meaning in the minds of those who hear it. Now, are you going to isolate me or are you going to be with me on that one? Any, any, anybody else there? Yeah, yeah, okay. Like four of you, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I speak for a living. Um, so so let's, let's think about this. On Slack, I encourage interaction on Slack. Um, if you're not yet on Slack, go to promisechurch.community, and you can fill in to get connected. We'll get you onto Slack really quick. But for those of you who are on Slack, here's a question for you today. What is a miscommunication? And this is quick, so you got to... You got to work with me on this one. What is a miscommunication that happens in your house that's made you laugh, preferably one that makes you look bad rather than your spouse? 
Don't go frying your spouse on Slack right now. It's probably not a good communication thing. Um, so what is, what is the, what's a miscommunication story that makes you laugh? I'd love to share one or two that, that come out, and the rest of you would love to be distracted by nice stories while I talk. Um, so you can check that out on Slack. So communication is probably one of the greatest gifts of being human. The level of communication possible for humanity is unfathomable. When, when we think about it, we're constantly communicating. We're communicating through body language. I saw someone come in during the silence time, and they were communicating respect by walking like this. And, 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 you know, communicating by body language is how we do it. We communicate by eye shifts, or even body temperature apparently is a way we communicate, which shocks me. Um, but the scientists say that, that we communicate through body temperature. Icons, text, video, communicate through silence. Tiffany, you and I both, right? Silence, ugh. Um, communicate through emotion and music and art. We just communicate constantly. Even when we aren't meaning to communicate, we're communicating something. And so, <clears throat> for all the ways that we communicate, we are still misunderstood. We're still misunderstood. Somehow, we're all autonomous individuals who think and interpret and draw our own conclusions. For the life of me, you can't read my mind. I would love it if you could read my mind, I think. <laughs> I'd love it if you could read my mind. And, but we can't. We're still autonomous. So I picture Promise Church as a community that's united to show that God is with us. And today our scripture comes from Psalm 133. But before I get to scripture, uh, I noticed that somebody has, has commented, and I hear a family giggling. So this is good. Um, <laughs> We had, a com we had communication problems in our house when name was about 10. She used to think that vegans and virgins were the same thing. And once... <clears throat> once I ordered a virgin pina colada and she was so confused, they put meat in those? Lovely. It's a, it's a great story. Um, I just, I love it. Um, so, Psalm 133. One second, I've got to catch on my throat. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like precious oil on the head running down on the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down to the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So to be in unity, we have to communicate well. We have to communicate well with each other. We have to communicate well with God. And we have to communicate well with God and each other together. So here's my second question. What does living together in unity look like? Just a couple of ideas. What does it look like to live together in unity? And how is that different 
from uniformity. Here's the question again. What does it look like to live together in unity, and how is that different from uniformity? I'm really interested in what you guys say on this. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so let me talk about communicating with each other while you guys work through that question, and then I'm going to respond to what you guys said in it, because I'm really interested in where you guys go. So years and years ago, like in another lifetime, my friend broke up with his girlfriend, so he told me. Rather, the girlfriend left the relationship. So as I'm listening to him talk about his young adult angst and talk about their relationship and he would say, we communicated so well together. It was like we didn't have to say anything. We just knew what each other was thinking. I mean, it's like, it's like this beautiful, young, romantic relationship. Like, yeah. And, uh, and so, reflecting on that statement, I was, I was talking to him, and I was like, was your communication based on assumptions? Like, clearly she was not on the same page as you. She kind of blindsided you with, like, this breakup, and you thought you're communicating perfectly well. And it's like, oh, geez. So maybe the goal of being close to someone is actually to hear them and listen to them. The goal of being close to somebody is to hear them and listen to them. In a church, it could be the same way. The organization of the church is often structured to communicate at you. Look at this stage. If you guys look straight ahead right now, you're looking at my ankles. Like, the structure of these church buildings that we're inhabiting right now, not of our own design, is meant to elevate that we communicate at you. Right? This is what's happening. And we're trying to break that here at Promise Church, which is one of the points. The church is a place where you become informed. But the vision of a church where, that I have is that we communicate together. Notice the Slack question I just asked. What's the difference between unity and uniformity? I don't have an answer to that question. You guys do. I want to hear your answers. Right? We're communicating together. So during our services, I envision a church filled with conversation because communication is how we build closeness and how we start to show what the kingdom of God is about. People united. People brought together. And you can only do it in communication. Otherwise, we end up being my, my friend who thought that he had a great relationship with his girlfriend, but they were miles apart. I want to have a church where we don't make the assumptions that everybody just believes whatever Pastor Rob says. I want to have a church where we're able to say, actually, I think something differently. I'm thinking about this differently. I'm processing this differently. I'm still drawing from the authority of Scripture, but God's telling me something that maybe needs to encourage somebody else. Your voice is important in communication. For 12 years of my life, I went to a church, and I was a, I was a church leader in that church. I was fully integrated into the church, but this church didn't create a huge space for real dynamic communication, and when I left, very few people even noticed that I left. It was very small impact, my leaving. 
What I want is a church community where if someone leaves, shoot, we notice. We have communities of care that are built that, that, that's like, hey, if you're getting a call from somebody, checking in with you, inviting you to something, that's a community of care. Why? We're communicating to open up closeness. You matter. We need to be communicating so that we're heard at promise. There's no way to miss the opportunity to contribute. Sorry, that's true. You're gonna, I'm, we're going to call out the, the, the contributions. Okay, so let's, let's go back to the Slack question. I really want to hear, what does living together in unity look like, and how does it li- differ from uniformity? All right, let's see what happens. So unity is like harmony, not the same note, but a complementary note. What a great picture. Unity means that we have the same target. Uniformity means that we all look the same and are doing the exact same things. So I believe in having a church that has unity, but we don't, we don't do all the exact same things. We each play our part. You'll notice there's some cooler people in this room that are wearing blue shirts. Yeah, those, those people have a role that they're playing that's different than April, who was playing a role here. So we have unity, but not the same thing. Great point. I think working in unity indicates that we're working together, even if not on the same thing, to do and achieve something, where uniformity assumes that we're all working at the same time to be the same. Uniformity is following a system. In unity, we can have our own thoughts that have one common bond. Yeah, great. And one more. Unity is helping to fill the gaps and helping each other with each other's needs. Uniformity is everyone being exactly the same and doesn't really have anything to do with love or helping each other when unity often shows love and helpfulness. Do you see the vision of the church here? You guys, in your comments, are communicating the type of unity, you all said it differently, you're communicating the type of unity we need as a church, that the church is built on. When we sing and pray about God, build your church, God is building his church on unity. When I reflected on Acts today, they they were gathered together in one heart, in one mind. It didn't mean that they all looked the same and said the same, but it meant they had the same vision, This is the heart, this is the heartbeat of me as the leader and of this church. Romans 14, 9, someone put in Slack. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. I just love, I love this right here, and I'm just going to revel in this for a minute. What just happened was I asked a question that the Holy Spirit put on me during the week. And I didn't prepare a sermon on that part. But when I asked the question, you guys come back with the answer and with Scripture to say, here's the message that the Lord is speaking to us. Do you see how cool that is? That's so cool. That God is doing this. Okay, so here's how we are creating space for communication at Promise Church in multiple ways. One, we intentionally break in the middle of our service. So we need a break in the middle of service to eat pie. See, unity. I love it. 
We break in the middle of service because God called us together to be in community that shows love to each other because that takes, and because that takes work of listening, we have to have space to listen. This isn't an introverted or extroverted thing. This isn't. This is, we can go, and if you're introverted, you just do this. You go against a wall, and one person comes and talks to you. If you're introverted, you don't have to go buzz around and be with everybody. You're listening. you just one person. Even if you stay in here and break, almost guarantee one person might just come and say, hey, how you doing? And that's enough for you. That's great. I love it. If you're extroverted, then you go into break and you buzz and you hit as many people in as, as superficial, meaningless conversation as you can have. <laughs> you need to be listened to. <laughs> and so there's this listening that takes place, this, this communal experience that benefits the whole. We take break in the middle of service. We use one on we use one Sunday every five weeks next week to do a forum Sunday. Forum Sundays are an intentional, are intentional for the purpose of practicing to have spiritual conversations. We want to lead people to become more comfortable talking about God, and the only way to do that is through practice. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There are too many church experiences that you can walk into a service, never open your mouth, never speak about God, and then the pastor somehow says, oh, I expect you to be able to go out in your community and share about Jesus to all the community around you. Well, if you're not used to speaking about God because you don't speak about God at church, there's not a chance in... Sure. <laughs> that God is going to come out of your lips. If you're not going to talk about God in the church, you're not going to talk about God outside of the church. And so we have space to communicate on forums, so we practice having spiritual conversations. And then we took on, we took on Slack dur during service because of COVID, and we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it. Um, so... To be truly closest community, we need to hear what everybody else is thinking and communicating. As many of you know, I'm not a tech person. We have a tech person who's heckling me on Slack right now. <laughs> I don't like technology and I don't like screens. But Devin always makes fun of me on Slack right now. What does it say? Don't fire me? <laughs> so... I use my MacBook like it's a tool, and it gets dinged up, and it gets dirty, and whatever, and Devin uses it like it's an ornament, and his is pretty, you know? <laughs> and so, so, I don't like technology, but what I've seen in Slack is I've seen the ability for people to talk together and to communicate, communicating with each other are, is so, so vital. And Slack gives us the ability to communicate in, with each other rather than simply listening to the guy at the front speaking. What Devin said is we need to brace ourselves for message at length. I'm kidding. Love you, Rob. Don't fire me. 
Um, I'm not actually going to get through the entire message, but I will get through a big part of it here. Um, so, what ideas do you have for increasing the quality of communication in your home? These are three things that we've done at church. What can you do to increase the quality of your communication at home? If you feel like you've already got good communication, drop in a couple of things that, practices that you already do that help with communication at home. Because I will tell you, communication at home is hard. It's hard. And so people would love to hear what are some things that you do or what are some ideas that you have. And the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So as we communicate to each other on Slack, we'll start to see that. Psalm 133, 2 and 3 says, it's like precious oil on the head running down on the beard and the beard of Aaron. This is unity. Running down to the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. If your family doesn't communicate well, that's not your experience. You'll experience distance and strain. Fights become common. So if your, if your family doesn't communicate well, check how much time you create for listening and having strong conversations. How much time, actual minutes, are spent in your weekly routine as a family actually listening and having real conversation? I'm telling you, it's a lost art. Stuff's, stuff's not happening in families anymore because we're busy. Okay, some of the ideas coming from the congregation. Eat dinner together, right? Um, someone added, without phones. <laughs> Devotions together in the morning. My communication with my wife sometimes relies on me reading her mind. Oh, no, it, it relies on her mind-reading abilities. That went the other way. Sorry, I didn't realize which way the telepathy went. <laughs> Having a family calendar, really good for communication. That's awesome. Um, someone said, we homeschool, but I've always said rather we learn the most during the dinner table conversations. Excellent. We open up the floor to talk about anything. Sometimes we communicate with each other at home with our phones. It's not not good. If it's intentional, it can be used. We're using Slack on your phone, and we're doing it for a good way. My parents always have their have time after have time after dinner to talk with each other alone so they could communicate properly. That's how to help manage you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, don't worry, it's all. Um, but no, actually, that's a really good, that's a really good advice. Um, after 52 years of marriage, my deafness was causing a major observable stress in our relationship. When someone outside our closest circle commented, it was time to get hearing aids, incredible improvement, but now I just have to put them in. <laughs> I'm shocked you even heard this sermon. <laughs> Sending a monthly, monthly, monthly newsletter to the children for those of us that are empty nesters, absolutely. That could be very helpful. Okay, so these are awesome. Um, secret meeting time. <laughs> And now you know. <laughs> There's going to be a whole next level of conversation at the Dean household. 
What a fun sermon. I'm having way too much fun, guys. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Um, we need to communicate us to God. Um, God already knows everything about us. And this is a, this is a big point that I really want to, to land. Um, God knows everything about you. He really does everything. He actually knows more about you than you know about you. But here's the reality that we've been doing since the time of Adam and Eve. We only communicate to God our best. We consistently hide away our sin. We hide away the things that we harbor. And we try to pretend that God could see us with our best foot forward. And we deceive ourselves. Communication with God is as much learning to understand God's leading as it is learning to understand not to lie to God. How many of us have lied to God? God, I'm a good person. I should, you should do this for me because I've done all this and this and this and this. Subtly ignoring all of the areas of our life that we stand in rebellion against God. And in the Garden of Eden, we say, God, I'm going to hide my nakedness as though you can't see it, as though you can't find me. Communicating to God is about being open to God. He already sees you. He already loves you. You can be open and practice the truth with God. John, 1 John 4, 20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. We can't present just part of ourselves to God and still feel close to God. I've talked to so many people who have said, Rob, I don't feel close to God anymore. Harboring a sin that nobody knows about but them and God. I don't feel close to God anymore. I don't get it. And God says, practice truth. Practice truth. God has already accepted you. This isn't a question of, oh, is God going to reject you? God, by his grace and the work of Jesus Christ, has already done everything to put you in front of him, to bring you into his presence. He loves you with an everlasting love. What's the truth is, is you don't love you with an everlasting love. And so you feel shame and you hide away. And God says, I actually love you and I want to mold you. You don't have to hide from me. You don't have to hide from me. A spiritual practice on this in, in, in this is we need to communicate to God the truth. God, this is who I am this is my brokenness. This is my true struggle. Now I know why I came into church feeling heavy. I came into church feeling heavy today because over this week, I've had to confront some of my own participation with evil, my own sins. And I feel like, God, I'm supposed to be a great leader. I'm supposed to be out there doing everything right. And God's like, yeah, but you've got... You got that sin right there. 
And I'm like, oh, but God. And God goes, it doesn't affect how much I love you. It affects how much you know my closeness, my presence. And so I started this morning just going, God, this is the real reason. Here's the root of that sin that's come up. And the root was anger. I was angry. I was angry at something that happened in my family. I was angry. And it made me act in a way that was unbecoming for me, for, in between me and God. And I go, oh, I can tell you that. I can tell you that because I know that I'm affected by the exact same evils that you're affected by. And in this church community, we can communicate and be united and say, I'm going to give this to God because he's going to do a great work in me and he's going to do a great work in you when we speak about truth. We speak about truth. Someone says that we negotiate with God by saying, God, if you do this, I'll stop that. Try to control God. Someone else says it really makes you think of the image of the calling of, of the calling the kids to ask who ate the cake that was for after dinner and getting told they have no idea, though chocolate is covering their lips and hands. You ever had that experience? I don't know who did it. I don't know. Not me. We kicked not me out of my house. We're like, not me doesn't live here anymore. The thing is, we need to communicate openly and honestly. And that's challenging. That's where vision and unity comes in, where we communicate openly. Practice truth. This is a spiritual discipline. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your patience with us. I thank you that you love us. You know. You are fully aware of every evil that enters into our mind, that corrupts our existence, that threatens our community and our unity. You see it perfectly. And you love us. And so, Jesus, I pray for those times where we act like Adam and Eve and we hide ourselves from each other and we hide ourselves from you and we think that we can just manage our own evil all by ourselves. God, draw us into community, draw us into practicing truth, draw us into healing that confession brings, draw us into openness and transparency. God, for those times when the evil comes and affects us, when the anger that I experienced this week spills over into actions of passive aggressiveness or frustration against my family members, God, bring healing. For the times when evil has come out of the lips of the people in this congregation, God, Bring healing. Jesus, I pray that this church would be a church that is united. A community united to show that you are with us, making all things right. And Jesus, I pray 
that you would draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.